0: Welcome to the Guard Nation Podcast, bringing you the most up to date and relevant information while you recruit and serve. First round, knockout, talk of the town on the black map, cash in, cash out, hands up.
1: Hello, recruiters. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Guard Nation. Today we are celebrating Women's History Month with one of our top performing recruiters. Oh, yeah. Wait till she comes on. My name is Sergeant First Class Zipporah Baez from the great state of New York. We also have Staff Sergeant Andy Waiters on the line. Thanks for joining us, Staff Sergeant Waiters.
0: Hey, uh, happy to be here for another episode of Guard Nation. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well,
1: today
0: we are joined by
1: Staff Sergeant Lori Lawson from Kentucky Army National Guard. Hi,
2: everybody. I am Staff Sergeant Lori Lawson and I am very happy to be here, and I love my state of Kentucky as well.
1: Yes, yes, thank you. So let's just get right into it. Fesson Lawson, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to speak with us. All right, so I really appreciate you. I know that your schedule is crazy with the pandemic and everything we have going on, so I really appreciate your time here. Um, We have crossed the one-year mark with COVID-19. What changes have you seen personally and professionally? How did you respond to these changes? Talk to me.
2: Well, it's kind of funny. I'll bring back to a personal story. My daughter turned 21 uh, on March 15th last year. So we literally were at a restaurant as we were getting word that our um, state was going to be shutting down. And so it's funny that we talk about that one year mark uh, and how we remember it for her birthday. And not being able to go to a restaurant and being able to get her out and celebrate that 21st birthday. So personally, you know, it affected us a little bit there, just in celebration and bonding with family. Um, definitely has affected us and extended family. Uh, personally, being able to get with the holidays. Uh, professionally, it has been a huge challenge. Huge challenge. Um, not being able to get in front of folks. People are not out and about. Not being able to get in front of classrooms in front of students. And then having the setback of even restaurants not being open and being able to get in and interact and then having that central meeting location that folks are comfortable in meeting because sometimes they are uncomfortable in coming into your office. They want to be in a, a neutral grounds. And so that just limits it. And so it really has made you think outside the box and be more creative and just not giving up.
1: No, I completely understand. I hope that your family took shots before you left from the birthday festivities.
0: <laughs> and, and I'll say, um, I'll say happy belated birthday to your daughter. So um, that's also my mom's birthday. Uh, the Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: shots for everyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, but I, I completely understand uh, the difficulty and the challenges. Uh, but you guys have persevered. Look at you now. Top recruiter. But well, what does your work-life balance look like now? And what did it take? Or well, what did it look like prior to the outbreak of COVID? What did you guys do before this?
2: It's work-life balance. Um, well, you know, work is probably priority to me. It always has been. That's just my nature. Um, but the family is always very important. So I probably communicate with my family a lot about my work just so that they feel involved and they kind of accept the fact that I'm working. Um, that part probably has not changed a lot. Um, I still try to to work as much as I can even though I'm having to think outside the box and having to reinvent different ideas and programs. but as far as my family, I just keep them in the loop so much with this. they live they're living it with me uh, to the point where where my youngest, goes to school and tells her teachers about it. And so then her teachers are telling their husbands and sons about the National Guard. So i have a little mini recruiter out there.
1: (laughs) So would you say having a great support system is what helps you maintain success? Yes,
2: by far. Yes. without that, it would be very hard and I can only imagine when you don't have that, that is a huge hurdle personally. Mm-hmm.
1: No, that I, I completely agree. I was a recruiter for 11 years, so I completely understand. Without that family support, you can't function. No, you, you know? cannot. Mm-mm.
0: And case in point, too, just um, with, with recruiting in general, um, it's that word of mouth uh, recruiting, right? So um, even yes. within the family there, so that's awesome.
2: Yes, yeah. So I have three children and my oldest is in the National Guard. Um, he's a 15 November with an eight. A- yeah, he's uh, at Drill right now. Um, then I have a 21 year old daughter who's still trying to figure out if that's what she wants to do, but she still promotes it. She helps me in events. Um, she's probably my lead supporter on events. When I can't get a co-worker, my daughter is there, even though she's not joined yet. And then, obviously, my twelve-year-old is probably one of my biggest recruiters out there. She goes into her classrooms and talks guard all day long, and she's very proud when her mom comes in in, in a uniform or even in a national guard polo. Um,
1: I hear proud mom alert. I uh-huh. am so proud of you. <laughs> like awesome. that is amazing. Like you rock. Like you are awesome. Yeah. Proud mom alert. What? they are
2: very much extensions of me so
1: yes oh my god that's amazing let me go over here and talk to these kids let me tell them something (laughs) (laughs) what are you guys doing right no that's amazing very proud of you oh my god all right i got another question for you when did the stay-at-home orders start for Kentucky and how did they affect your work? Like, when was it? I know you said it was on your daughter's birthday, but as far as the entire state shutting down and work, what did the National Guard do for you as far as recruiting battalion and with oh, yeah, Recruiting,
2: I mean, I think they, as the battalion, I think we almost went into a panic. Uh, you know, our senior people were like, you know, you still got to get out. You still got to move. You got to be in the office. I think a lot of us were trying to figure out Do we do share rotations and community office environments where we're working from home one day, working from the office the next day, and sharing that role with our coworkers? There was a lot of strategies that we had to figure out there amongst ourselves. Um, So it was it was hard to kind of where do I fit into this role when Italian's still trying to figure it out themselves. So it was it was a hurdle. It was a hurdle. Um, But I think a lot of that was just being resilient a lot and knowing that we. We have to continue to move, and we have to continue to mold ourselves. That we cannot be just one solid in this. It's always a fluid mo um, motion within us. So,
1: absolutely, no, that's that's great. Have you ever received any training that could have prepared you for this, or do you think there could have been anything that prepared for this? <laughs> like this uh, pandemic, you know, <laughs> no.
2: I mean, I don't know that we could ever be prepared for this. What you didn't get this in basic training. What? Oh, well, I mean, okay, yeah. Basic training teaches us to adapt and overcome. What the gas? Like- what are
1: the gas masks for?
0: <laughs> oh, good point. Good point there. You are exactly
1: right. We were issued a gas mask. Before. All right, I need all those uh, NBC personnel out there to go ahead and start issuing out masks. Yes. No.
2: You know that's probably going to get us more uh, protected. I'm sure, along I mean, with that
1: shot that we're getting. But. <laughs> thank thank God it's not chemical warfare. So yeah. <laughs> I think we're good for right now, right? I'm playing, y'all. I'm playing. But you're right. I don't think anyone or anything or any organization could have prepared us for this. You're absolutely right. What has been the most difficult part of this pandemic when it comes to being a recruiter? Oh, probably
2: the difficult thing again is having to think outside the box. But then being able to get the applicant and their families to be able to trust you because they're being told to stay home, you know, don't interact with people you don't know, stay six feet away, and it's very hard to get packets signed at a six-foot distance. <laughs> um, and then I think just that because you're separating yourself so much that it, the trust is not there. And we all know that you have to be able to trust your recruiter. You have to be able to trust the one that's you know getting ready to change your life. So I think that's probably one of the hardest things is just not being able to have that trust built the way we were used to.
1: So how about operations? Like as far as I know you said the issue was meeting people in person and Mm -hmm. obviously everybody wants to be cautious. But how are you getting the signatures? Are you doing Zoom calls or anything like that? Like what are you doing to make it happen?
2: So it's funny that you say that I've done a lot of that, Um, you know, let's get on Zoom. Let me send an electronic packet, you know, and then watching them sign it through Zoom, then getting, you know, verifying through the Zoom call their IDs, and then having the ID scanned. Uh, There's been that. Um, Then there's been, you know, let me just come get your stuff. I'll bring it back to you. There's been a lot of just creativities. It's not been one solid answer because each person is different how they're reacting to this.
1: Okay.
0: Okay, um, so before we get into um, a high school segment here, a high school recruiting segment, um, because it is Women's History Month, I just kind of want to chat about that real quick and um, just women in recruiting in general. Um, So I just want to find out from you, do you think there are enough women in recruiting? And then I guess um, just to take that a step further, um, do you think there are enough women in the Army National Guard and the the military in general?
1: I love that question. Uh.
2: So, I mean, to go back 10 years ago to where we are today, there's a huge increase in females. Our state has actually probably increased our female numbers in recruiting. And it's funny because almost all of our top-notch recruiters uh, that are produ- uh, production right now, the ones that are on the top, a good percentage of that is female. I did win Rookie of the Year the previous year before Directors 54, And every one of us that boarded were females for that rookie year. Yes. So our state has actually recognized that. And it's funny because our Sergeant Major, when he sends out that, he says, notice how many of these females are the top 10 in our state right now. So Kentucky has really noticed the difference with that. And we are really shining. I don't know that all other states have picked up with that because I know in recruiting school, I wasn't SQI-4 in person. There were not as many females in the classes as there were males. It was not a, a very close to even half balance. Um, as far as the military and whole, again, it's probably a male dominant. But I do think that it has been a huge increase in numbers in the past 10 years.
0: Yeah, no, it's um, so it's good to hear you say that because we we know that both represent representation and recognition matter. So. Um, It sounds like Kentucky is going in the right direction here. So that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you think we address that? Like as a national guard, as a military, just in general. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, how we address it. I mean, I think just interaction with the females and, you know, trying to offer the job opportunities to them. A lot of them may not even know how to get started in recruiting. And I think that kind of comes back to, when we work with our units and it also comes back to the unit communication as well. Um, most of our people, as we know, are one week in a month, two weeks in the summer. So we've got to get the word out. And I think that again, that starts with units and it starts with the recruiters being in their units just to get that knowledge out, so.
0: That's awesome, awesome information. Thank you for that. Um, now kind of moving into um, our high school questioning. So, um, you know, as we're speaking now, most high schools are getting close to the ends of their academic years. Um, But with a lot of schools still doing virtual learning, how was your pipeline affected when we um, were, uh, you know, when we had the pandemic come into play?
2: Oh, I felt like my pipeline and funnel came to a huge screeching halt. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, again, I think when we have a lot of COIs and you gain that trust in the community, that's how you just kind of get through that. You know, obviously kids in high school, a lot of them, they don't know what they want, and if they do, they think they've got it figured out, and they'll be changing that in the next few years as as their progression grows after they graduate high school, Um, but with me personally, it was trying to reach back out to old leads, it was just trying to keep the word out there through the COIs and VIPs, definitely trying to get a hold of email lists, sending things out, uh, social media, some just through the request friend requests and just notifying the national guard options and I don't do a whole lot of advertising as much as I probably do one-on-one communication with people and I find that to be more personal
0: good yeah I like that that personal touch so that that, that yes. sounds like that really helps um ha- so if school started back uh in your area like uh, has, has there been like a hybrid sort of learning it's, thing?
2: Yes, um, and every school district's been different. You know, we have schools that are private, some that are county. Most of the counties have been back a little more uh, regular. Some of the private schools are just now getting back into session. So it, it's been challenging, um, obviously, on Zoom. It's hard to keep that focus and that engagement.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so do you think you'll – have you been able to get back in front of uh, classrooms at all? or? Um... Well,
2: I actually have college and high schools. Um, so in the high schools, it's been easier to interact with the sports teams, uh, because they actually have been there and the coaches Mm -hmm. are allowing us to come, especially if we kind of show up with Gatorade and and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, on the college aspect, again, it comes down to the individual professor if they want an in-person class, but it's still been awkward because we can't hand any literature out. We can't hand anything. We can go in and talk, but we can't have that, let's hand this stuff out. So I've had to like, well, how can we get this out there? And so we came up with laying it in the back of the classroom and say, can you pick up some of the literature or can you pick this up? Um, With the last class that we did, we actually took some MREs in and they flew back to the MREs to take them. And we just kind of had our business card stapled to the (laughs) the MREs before we got there. So it's just trying to think outside the box. Uh, Sometimes those things don't come back They'll come around right away, but they will actually end up sending a text or an email later on after they've kind of processed it.
0: Again, so it's just yeah. indifferent. different. Yeah, give it, Give them time to uh, think about it, like plant a seed mm-hmm. early and then let them simmer on it for a little bit. So that's good stuff. Um, so as you all know, as we all know, as most of our listeners know, um, deployments of the National Guard recently have just been higher than ever, right? <laughs> We've been more visible in the country. Um, than any time in our history. Um, so, what would you say um, to the parent whose high school kid is thinking about joining the National Guard? You know, with all the um, with all the news they've seen about the National Guard recently, what would you say to that parent?
2: Well, I mean, a lot of it. First of all, I usually tell them that I'm a parent and that my son is in, and then I kind of tell them a little experience about his his opportunities. In my experiences and the things that we have done and accomplished, and if I trust my oldest and only son to be in the National Guard, then I think that they could at least have some at ease feeling. Um, but we do join the military for a reason and those chances are always there. But I also drive back a lot to, we have the college first option, which if they get above the 50, then they're non-deployable. And I talk about that and how it works and how it looks. But I tell them once your your child or your son or daughter breaks that, you know, protection and goes on a deployment, that they've kind of avoided any future protection. And I said, in nine times out of 10, your child will probably, you know, break that because they want to go once they're in. You know, and I talk about the experiences with people that have been on deployments and the bonds that they make and how you just get closer with your unit and you trust your unit. So I kind of just break it down to what it looks like and kind of take some of the fear factor out. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously that chance is there, but that chance is there if we get in a car and drive down the road, if we check the mailbox, I mean, things are always going to happen. We can't control that, but then how we live our life and, and make ourselves valuable, I think is what sets us apart. So.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, what I got from all of what you just said is just like, the honesty factor, right? And just like yes. getting them all of the information up front, which For is sure. huge. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. no, I appreciate that. Um, so um, the last question I'm gonna ask you in this segment. So um, you may know, we just uh, rolled out the new um, national ad campaign, the next greatest generation is now. Um, so I just wanted to get some uh, feedback on that. If You've seen the commercials, I know. So what, what'd you think about them?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's good that we're setting it a little different. I, I do like the new logo. Um, you know, I think that branding and making it somewhat standard and so when people do hear the National Guard, they think back to something and making it the generation is now it makes me feel like it, it can be me, I can make that difference. Yep. You know, I have to say that I was a Marine Corps, you know, Marine All right. first, All right. and <laughs> I mean, the Marines, they have really good advertising, what gets oh, yeah. most of us in, but they don't change their mottos, they don't change right. that. that logo yeah and that's a branding you know when we say we have a headache what do we take advil advil or
1: tylenol yeah
2: nine times out of of ten it's probably acetaminophen or you know when we say i have a headache normally you're going to say advil or tylenol yeah but sometimes you take Excedrin. you know Mm -hmm. it's it's that branding, it's, those, it's the language yep, that yep. we use.
0: Yep, that's a good, very good point. Um, and so I just wanna kind of tee, tee off because um, our next month's podcast. Um, so you mentioned a lot of stuff about family um, and how they're very supportive of your uh, work as a recruiter. So um, next month, April is uh month of the military child. So that's um, gonna be some good conversation. Uh, leading into to next month's podcast. So I uh, will now turn it over to Sartre Bias.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could probably get her, her children <laughs>
0: right? and <Yeah>. her <laughs> <authorities Yeah>. that are current story that can
1: tell us about their journey as number one, being a dependent of yeah. a military member, especially since mm-hmm. you've been in for a very long time. And then for them to take that knowledge and that discipline and which you've instilled in them as raising them as a parent, um, and hearing why they made the decision to join. Yep. You know what I mean? Because there are some, you know, children out there that are like, nope, I don't want to do what my parents do. For whatever yes. reason, we would like to know why. So obviously mm-hmm. yours are in. So we definitely would like to know why. I we'll have
2: one in. I have one. Okay. Yeah, I have one in, one not in. And awesome. then you yeah. have
1: free support. You know, you okay. have little minions working for free. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yes. it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> yes. Yes, give, you know, feed them lunch and some dinner. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I got you. So yeah, that's that's good for April. So I wanna talk about technology and social media. Have you taken advantage of any technology that you had not used prior to this pandemic? If so, what was it? Which platform did you use? And how did you optimize it to use it to help you meet mission? Like you're successful, you're a top recruiter. I want to know some secrets. Tell me what platform you're doing, what you're on and, and tell me everything. I want to know all the details. Give it to me.
2: Well, I mean, the biggest thing with me is I, I don't really do a whole lot of advertising on just post. Um, there are a few out there. And when I do do post, it's usually the ones that I'm recognizing someone that I put in that's came back from training or, you know, and we're talking about their experiences, kind of recognizing as an enlistment or a returned trained soldier. And that kind of generates interest and people will comment. So then what I normally do on something like that is I'll actually reach out to the people that have commented when I've kind of stopped their profile, I guess, to make sure that they're qualified. Um, and then a lot of times I'll just private message people and say, hey, have you you thought about the military? You know, I know that, you know, so and so or, you, you know, I see that you attended this. And I made it more personal versus just blanket advertising.
1: So question. So which mm-hmm. platform are you mostly on? What are you Facebook. using? Facebook. So, you, so would you say that your target audience is mostly on Facebook or are you targeting parents? What are you doing? Both. Who are you targeting? Both. Both.
2: Yes, because okay. parents are on there about their child and then they're going to mm-hmm. see that they knew me from high school or they know me from the community. And then they're going to mm-hmm. recognize me as that branded recruiter when their child is ready to enlist or has questions because a lot of times the child's going to go to the parent, the parents go like, oh, let me take over, you know, as we do as parents, let me help you. Uh, so I want the parents to know me and then also students. And I think since the pandemic that Facebook has kind of moved back up, it had started falling off of the platform. But with the pandemic, it has definitely stepped back up. Uh, I do use Instagram some, but I don't get a lot of feedback from that. It's more of the feedback and interaction of, of Facebook.
1: Huh, okay. Now, would you say this Facebook is more of a personal page or a professional page?
2: Mine is personal. It okay. had, and so I will post things about me and my family because people will block you, I think, if it's constant military. They want to know who you are. They want to see other things that connect you to them.
1: Okay. I like now, that. what about the other platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat? LinkedIn, all of that. What what are you doing on those? Um, TikTok, I
2: don't even really fool with. my. I probably should. My daughter's on that a lot, my Um, 12-year-old. I know she has an absolute blast with TikTok. Um, Snapchat, I probably use that more of a personal. I've not really reached out with it. LinkedIn, a lot of times those people, there's really not a lot of people looking for a job. It's usually, if you want to If you want to connect with a VIP or COI, LinkedIn Mm -hmm. is a better platform for that. Yes.
1: Okay. And what about Instagram?
2: Don't really. uh, Instagram, I mean, it's a good advertising, but I don't have a lot of communication on it.
1: Got it. Now, what about, so we know that your number one is Facebook. What about the other top performing recruiters that you know of? Do you know their platforms? I think they um
2: one of the other females in the state she does do a lot with both and i think that she probably gets a lot of recognition with her instagram page just from people of her age she's a a little bit younger than me so she gets more connection with her age group that way
1: um okay
0: but so what i'm hearing is so um and i guess i kind of you use what works for you right and then um Within that, like you're you're creating a community, like a virtual community, yeah. right? so yes. that's like you, which is um, huge because you're then getting that like not clout, but like that uh, that that uh, branding or that uh, what's the word I'm looking for that uh, that trust as a recruiter because you're building mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. yourself. So that's, yes, it's cool. I like that.
1: Okay, so let's just say you're on Facebook. That's your number one social media, trustworthy connection to the general public. How often do you post on Facebook regarding National Guard stuff?
2: As far as like being on there and messaging every day.
1: Okay. Now, what makes you successful? Because you are the top performing recruiters. So I need to know. What are you doing? Work ethics is
2: probably uh-huh. my best. Okay. Um, I do bend my schedule to my applicants. I hear other recruiters don't bend your schedule to your applicants. Okay. I can see it both ways. Um, obviously, when you join the military, the military is not going to bend for you. But I think being able to to just make that connection and that bridge, and having that person feel comfortable if they need to meet at nine o'clock at night, we're meeting at nine o'clock at night. If it's six o'clock in the morning, I'm meeting at six o'clock in the morning. Um, and then just that follow through, trying to make myself. Set reminders. Hey, I talked to this person. I need to reach back out to them, you know, two days later, three days later, if they're not a yes today, just having that kind of constant connection to them and not being a nuisance. But my biggest thing is probably just my work ethics.
1: Good. What about MEPS? You know how usually we have drama going to and from MEPS, you know, the MEPS drama with the ASVAB testing and passing the medical exam and security. Mm -hmm. How has that been treating you? with the process? Uh,
2: I've not had a huge hurdle with that. I mean, ASVAB, I do do a lot of pre test kind of get mm-hmm. them ready. I talk about it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. If they're uncomfortable, we use the PiCAD option just so that they can use it as a, a next test for themselves to prepare, or we can use it to verify, I explain all those options to them. I have had some people not pass, obviously we do, but it's not a huge percentage for me. Um, security, knock on wood, as I would say on that one. I mean, I tell them exactly what they're going to be facing, what they can and cannot take. I send a METS reminder uh, 24 hours in advance of what they can and cannot take, what they should take. We walk through the 2807 thoroughly. Uh, we have frequently asked questions of what, are going to be asked, you know, at MEP, so that when they're asked that question, they they don't stun themselves, like, have you been in a car accident? When was the last time you talked to a police officer? You know, those things, they're prepared, so they know what that question is going to be, versus I just throw them at the wall and see if it's sticks, because I know what I've been through, and I know the questions that I was asked. I, you know, I remember a lot of that stuff, so I know that experience, and I know what it's going to be like, and I tell them that,
1: no, I appreciate that. You know, I know there's there are many recruiters that are listening in on this and, you know, they all have the same battles, maybe different in different states at different MEPs. So this is good to hear that you don't have many complications, you know, in this last three years that you've been working as a recruiter. So that's amazing because I've been a recruiter. I was a recruiter for 11 years and we've had a lot of chaos and drama with, you know, between testing and medical and security. So that can be a challenge. Um, But we overcome, we make things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I definitely appreciate you being candid and transparent and just opening up your life to us and what you've been doing professionally and personally. I appreciate it. You're amazing. Please continue (laughs) to be successful and get those young minions in there, um, passing out the flyers
0: and going door to door.
1: No, I definitely appreciate it, uh, Staff Sergeant Waiters. Do you have anything else?
0: Uh, no, so I'll just um, I'll just point our listeners to um, obviously the other episodes that we've had, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of keep an eye out for any other um, episodes coming out on i, I- or um, iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, yeah, that's all I got,
1: Staff Sergeant Lori Lawson. Thank you so much. We are out of time. So, thanks to our panelists for taking some time out of your day. And thanks to our listeners for joining us in Guard Nation. Listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud and stay tuned for the next episode. Guard Nation, sorry, first class bias. I'm out. First round, yeah. knockout. knockout, talk at the town on the black map, cash in, knockout. cash out. Knockout.